0: how's it going everyone this is jason navarro you're listening to tongues out podcast and let's just jump right into today's subject where essentially (laughs) i'm doing it again but uh uh, uh, how do i not talk about this so uh, i'm tucking my daughter in um you know around this time period it's like when she starts to go to bed and uh she is so adorable but As she's laying in her crib, I see her, she's, like, looking at her fingers and, like, playing with them and talking at the same time. As if, like, she's imagining something or, like, telling a story and and playing with her fingers and doing something. And it wasn't like she was just, like, looking at her hands and, and talking. She was, like, legitimately looked like she was imagining something was going on. There was, like, a narrative in her mind about her hands and I'm just sitting there watching her and I just, I wanted to cry because I thought it was so cute. I always want to cry every single time I watch my daughter do something new, but uh, I think it's so cute that she's starting to develop this imagination, especially, um, because blues clues is like one of her favorite shows. And and the most recent blues clues episode is about imagination. Actually. I don't, I I think it's just a coincidence that these two events happened, but, um, I really do enjoy that that episode because it makes me think. I, I almost forgot that that's a component of being a kid um, because I do it all the time now, actually. Uh, I love imagining. Uh, it's like one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I think I couldn't be the person I am if it wasn't for my ability to create a narrative. And the only way I'm good at creating any kind of narrative is because I have some level of imagination I wish I could, I could be creative with, with that and, and, and in such a way that I could be an artist with my imagination, draw, you know, the things that go through my mind. But as I was sitting there looking at my daughter, you know, just doing these things with her, with her hands, it was just the cutest thing ever. And I I just was just sitting there just watching her talking and, and saying things and, it was the most adorable thing ever. I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to tuck her in and just, like, kill the vibe. And so I was just letting her do that. And it was so adorable. Uh, I love her so much. And <laughs> and it just made me reflect on just how much I do it now. Like, uh, this is going to sound cheesy, but I actually, I've had this ongoing story, universe, essentially, uh, since i was a kid uh and i don't want to share it. I, it this is like so private this is like one of those things where you're like you're self-conscious about a, a component of yourself but there's this universe that i've created it's not fantasy it's it's modern um it's like a tom clancy kind of thing it's like a uh it's it's like a story about... and an, Well, I'll just give a synopsis. Essentially, it's, it's a story about uh, a character. <laughs> it's just so funny. And I, I still on-go write this universe, and, like add to it, change it, and it's evolving. And I eventually do want to turn it into a novel series. I just need to get down and, and stop being lazy and, and actually start writing. Because I feel like I could actually come up with some pretty good novels. But anyways, uh, this story takes place right during world war two um a a u.s pilot is over the islands of japan he's a a reconnaissance pilot and um he is he love just happens to love japanese culture Uh, but he's fighting for the for the war and and is doing reconnaissance over japan he he finds that this level of work is is prof- sufficient for him because he doesn't feel like he has to really attack the things that he he loves in Japan. Well, his airplane gets shot down and he and he crashes on uh, an island in Japan and uh, because Japan is like a, a it's like a, a multitude of of bigger islands like in conjunction with one another and. So he crashes on one of these and, uh, he gets shot down. And when he crashes, he essentially he's injured. He really can't do much on his airplane. There's, you know, a, a survival kit with a, with a single weapon, uh, a sidearm and not much ammunition. He can't really do much and he can hear a search party coming out to look for him in his, in his crash site. But he can't really do much. He's he's super injured, and just when uh, just when he thinks all is lost, and uh, he knows what these people do. Like he knows the Japanese are very violent during this time period, and he knows that what's going to happen to him is essentially he's going to be put into an internment cl- camp, if not killed right there on the spot. And so, as these Japanese as the Japanese search party gets super close, super close to him. He feels like it's it's coming to the end for him when all of a sudden he is saved by an uh, unseen person um, and, and this person doesn't fire a weapon but instead slashes away at a, a group of, of Japanese soldiers and kills them. Um, and this American has no idea what is going on but this person reaches out to him and tells him, uh, and, and and he understands Japanese. It's part of his job to, to understand Japanese. And he's familiar with, with the language. And essentially, this person that just saved his life tells him, you know, um, how injured are you? Are you able to walk? And he tells him, I'm not entirely sure. I can try. And he, with the assistance of this person, is able to get out of the aircraft and escape. But he, he is badly wounded. And... This person who saved his life, he has no idea who it is, but it ends up being a um someone that is very accustomed to the samurai way. And essentially he's it's been passed on in his generation and uh the the idea of being um we're not really a samurai. It's like like an almost like a ninja. I mean ninja is Japanese as well, but essentially like it's someone that 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 takes from both sides. His family has always been like a, a mercenaries for hire. Uh, his family history, and they're kind of like a dying generation, essentially. Like all their, not many people use that type of weaponry uh, or, or fight in the cell that he fights in. And uh, the American asks him, "Why did he save him? What was the reason?" And the man shares with him that he. Uh, doesn't agree with with what is happening and the atrocities of, of the government and in just that in that moment he just happened to be in the right place at the right time and um he's for a long time kind of kept this island like super safe uh, like some of the villagers there are super safe from like the atrocities that happened by the Japanese military and he and he's known as a ghost by the japanese people there because essentially no one no one knows what's killing all these people and they can't find the japanese military is constantly looking for him they're not entirely sure who is causing you know this devastation to them and killing them and they can obviously tell that they're being killed by their soldiers are being killed by someone with a sword and this american uh essentially lives out in this village with this this man and he helps heal him up and and um, takes care of him and inadvertently this this american is so amazed by the the ability of this person that he essentially learns um some of his techniques and eventually he doesn't go back to the u.s immediately he's assumed to be dead and he takes under the tutelage of this guy trains under him for years and uh two years later he um. After after the war happens, after atomic bombs are dropped, and he hears the news about this, he feels as if though the Americans are going to continue dropping this devastation on them, and so he he pleads with this person to you know allow him to go back to the states, um, because he needs to to tell the government that you know there's a lot of innocent people on the island. And, and I'm really summar, I'm really summarizing this because it's like. 10 years no more than that sorry it's like 20 years of of a story essentially that has just been like worked on worked on worked on but anyways this guy he ends up going back to the states and he ends up finding out that the world's by the time he makes it back the the war is over uh the second bomb was dropped and the japanese emperor pretty much um surrenders to the american people in American military and, but his, his, um, his COs, like his commanding officers are, are amazed at the fact that he's still alive and especially the story that, that he shares with them and he, and, and everything that he learned. And it just so happens that during this time period, the Naval intelligence, uh, is kind of being like turned into, like what's currently like the CIA or the, and he's told to start like a secret program where essentially, um, he, <laughs> I don't even want to share any more of this. It's like so, so funny, uh, to even it, to talk about this out loud, but it's, it's a really great narrative. Like if I were to ever write it out, it's, it's a good, it's, it's a good story. Um, I'm trying really hard not to share too many details because I, you know, it is something I, I definitely want to make one day, but, um, I, I think the idea is pretty awesome. Uh, and I've worked on it for a long time. And, and anyways, in this universe, this, this military program that was founded by this American, uh, this first American, essentially he's a one and done operation where essentially he's the only one there. And, uh, there's future generations of, of him, but every generation, the previous person, um, this American ninja, uh, I guess you could, uh, you could say this, this person picks the next person to replace him. And essentially passes down like a, a, a katana that essentially stays in their line. And, and this universe has evolved, the reason why it, it goes on for so long in my mind and it continues is that it it keeps going. There's like a uh, this program, this military program goes on and on and on and on. Eventually, it has like some really interesting components to it. Um, some some bureaucratic drama occurs. It's very Tom Clancy, but in a in a weird mingling of Japanese culture with American culture as well. Um, or American politics, but, uh, yeah, I don't know why I was sharing that, but I just, you know, I I don't know if a lot of people do this. I don't really talk about this side of myself and and this now become public, but I never really share this, that like I've worked on this like narrative for so long and funny enough. And there's a point in the story right now where I'm at, where every single night that I fall asleep, uh, right, like currently right now. I'm stuck some at some point in the story because I I'm I'm trying to add a sci-fi element to it um and I don't know if I'm if I really enjoy it so I'm stuck at this like point in in one of these stories the mil- millions of stories that I've written about this character and and uh his military program that that he's a part of but uh, I think imagination is healthy. Like the fact that I like have the ability to, to, to do this and, and work on this on my free time, whenever, like, I just want to think about something. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it helps me tremendously. And so seeing my daughter, and I think I got that very early on in life because I played a lot with Legos when I was a kid and I used to make I had a ton of Legos. Me and my brother had a ton of Legos and we would always make like our own stories with our Lego characters. And we had like star Wars Legos. We had like every like genre superhero Legos, like every like regular Legos. And we would like make whatever we wanted and we would make like our own narrative. And uh, I think it started with there and then just kind of evolved. Um, but anyways, yeah, I just wanted to share that with everyone <laughs> Uh, thank you guys so much though um, uh, for listening to today's podcast (laughs) and I'll catch you guys manana peace